This is an ABC podcast. Hello, this is Coronacast, a daily podcast all about the coronavirus. I'm health reporter Tegan Taylor. And I'm physician and journalist Dr Norman Swan. It's Wednesday the 15th of December 2021. And Norman, we haven't really talked about case numbers here in Australia for a little while, but let's talk about it today because... In Victoria and New South Wales, there's been cases burbling along, but there's really been quite a sharp uptick in case numbers in New South Wales just over the last day or so, from kind of about 500 or so a day, which a few months ago we would have probably found terrifying, to more than 800 yesterday. And it's really being driven by an increase in Omicron. That's exactly what the the Chief Health Officer, Kerry Chant, said yesterday in her video conference. And a lot of it has been driven by a super spreading event in the Hunter Valley. We've got a total of 85 confirmed cases of the Omicron variant. However, we are expecting those case numbers to increase over coming days as the genomic sequencing is performed to confirm that they're Omicron. And what Kerry Chant said yesterday was she expects those to increase as they do the genomics and that Omicron is the driver of the increase in numbers in New South Wales. And we are of the belief that Omicron transmission is accounting for an Um, our increased case numbers at present. So Victoria is better off at the moment. So they're trucking along at over 1,000 cases a day. They haven't really declined much. Some days it's higher, some days it's lower. And they've got six cases of Omicron as of yesterday. But it's likely that Omicron will be spreading under the radar in Victoria as well. So Victoria might see, I hope they don't, they might see an uptake in cases due to Omicron, certainly if you look at what's happening around the world. So we have a question from Matt, which sums up what I was thinking when we were starting to have this chat, which is a few months ago, we were saying that daily case numbers would become less important once we hit 80% vaccinated. And Matt says, reminding us that we've said that we should then concentrate on hospitalizations. but he says we're well past 80%, daily case numbers still dominate the headlines. Aren't COVID cases inevitable? Isn't living with COVID the goal? Why isn't the promised focus on hospitalisations happening? I take your chastisement to heart, Matt, because you're right. The uh, the, the key number is hospitalisations, but I'll explain why case numbers still count. So, so hospitalisations are still under control in both New South Wales and Victoria. They're staying at a, at a lowish level. They're, they're there, but they're staying at a lowish level. So there has been um, a, a significant degree of decoupling, as they say. So therefore, an uptake of 800, does that matter or not? Well, that depends on severity, and we'll come to that in a moment. But the, uh, the important issue here is that if we get a rise similar to they're getting in the UK or even Denmark, then even if the hospitalisation rate is low due to vaccination or the mildness of the virus, it still could end up being quite large numbers. Because it's just a numbers game. Yeah, and I'm aware of one hospital in New South Wales where they're decanting patients to get ready to become COVID only in their intensive care unit. So you know, I think the hospitals in New South Wales, at least, are gearing up for a spike in Omicron that they think might flow through to hospitals, not necessarily in large numbers, but large enough numbers that it might affect the, the hospital. Right. So if the rate of severe disease is, is smaller, uh, the volume of patients can still, can still overwhelm the system if the volume of people getting COVID increases too much. That's right. So we've been following Denmark quite a lot on Coronacast over the last few months. Denmark, just to remind Coronacasters, opened up on the 10th of September after a staged opening during the year. And the reason we followed it is that Australia was 
following or has been following a staged opening as well. We haven't, we haven't gone to a Freedom Day, although today is a bit of a Freedom Day in New South Wales, which New South Wales may live to regret. And what's happened in Denmark is really quite scary on the face of it, Matt. Yes, I know we're talking about case numbers, but they think they could get to 10,000 cases a day quite soon. And the line is going straight up and it's Omicron driven. Again, hospitalizations are going up a little bit, but not a lot. So you do see an uptick in hospitalizations in Denmark, but it's not huge at this stage and may not be huge but the numbers could grow in proportion to the overall numbers, albeit at a lower level. And the way Omicron is going to play out is still a bit of a mystery to us because we're only a few weeks into having identified it and knowing how to live with it. But South Africa is the country that really has the longest history with it and the data collection along the way to understand it. And Norman, you've been speaking to an epidemiologist from South Africa about what it's telling us. Yes, I spoke to Wasila Jassat, who's a public health specialist at the National Institute for Communicable Diseases in South Africa. And they're at the front line and they're watching this with a high degree of sophistication. The first thing was uh, that I wanted to know was really about children. And what we've spoken about before on CoronaCast was this uptake in the last couple of weeks that they've seen in admissions of children um, to hospitals like Baraguanath in Johannesburg. So the good news on kids is that it does seem that that was a bit of a distortion a couple of weeks ago, and that um, it was, as we suggested, that's the way it looked, and we suggested on Chronicast this might be the reason, which is they were testing kids who were already in hospital for other reasons and coming up with the fact that they had Omicron, but that wasn't the reason they were in hospital. And if they were in hospital with with Omicron, it did seem that they had mild disease. I also asked uh, Wasilla just that about severity in general, particularly in the adult population. I think it would be irresponsible to pronounce uh, uh, less severity right now. But I will say that the data thus far uh, of four weeks now of uh, rising cases in one district, in Chwane district, when comparing the early fourth wave with the early third and second wave, certainly amongst those patients admitted uh, and who already have an outcome, there is a trend to lower severity. Uh, But of course, I think, um, yeah, I think it's early and I think we need to just wait for a couple more weeks of data to confirm if that's true. And so that's Wasilla Jassat from South Africa talking about the severity of COVID. But what are they expecting to happen next there? The point that Wasilla was making there also was that whilst in Hauteng province, it's at the, uh, it's really the epicentre and they've seen large surges there. They've also seen hospitalisations. They're also perhaps seeing a bit of a tail-off, they think, um, they're, they're, that the rapid rise may be actually starting to tail off, although it has pushed Delta out of the way. And the comment she made was that it's very different in different parts of South Africa with different demographics, different levels of background immunity, and therefore it could behave differently in different parts of South Africa, and they're just going to watch that. And really, this is what they're going to look at moving forward. The first province to be hit was Gauteng. There are indications over the last week that there is a slight slowing of that rapid increase. Um, but I think we need uh, uh, to watch the data over the next week to see if this is a turn in the peak of the wave in Gauteng. But at the same time, we're seeing rises in cases in other provinces. And so it's likely that the other provinces will experience large waves uh, in the next few weeks. 
um, we continue to watch hospital admissions because, you know, there is a lag between, you know, being diagnosed and then needing hospital care. And so it's likely over the next couple of weeks, we will see if there is a, a bigger influx of cases into the hospitals, whether there's a, a, a greater need for oxygen and ventilation and critical care. I think the next couple of weeks are critical for understanding uh, the impact on, on uh, you know, on the, on the provinces with the, with the rising cases. So, Norman, we're talking about a really fast rise of Omicron cases in South Africa, but are they thinking it's going to peak soon? Yeah, they do think that it might, and they're starting to see evidence of that, at least in Gauteng province. Whether or not it happens elsewhere, eventually that remains to be seen. And when you look at Denmark and the UK, they're on the upward part of that journey at the moment, particularly driven by Omicron. I also thought we'd take the opportunity with Masala of testing out the coronacast Omicronometer of panic with her. Yes. Where did she sit between pina coladas by the pool, brown trousers with bicycle clips? I did express it a little bit less um, colourfully to her as on a one to ten of panic, where did she sit? I'd rate the situation a five. I think we are steadily uh, accumulating evidence around the characteristics of the variants. We are preparing hospital capacity in all provinces to ensure that when the cases rise in those provinces, um, the hospitals are able to cope with the increase and the influx into the hospitals. I think that given our current anecdotal information and surveillance information, we haven't seen amongst those admitted very severe disease. And uh, that has been an encouraging trend compared to the previous waves. And also that asked that of an infectious disease paediatrician in uh, Gauteng province. And uh, he roughly agreed that it sat in the middle. So, I mean, Norman, you are the Norman Swan of the Norman Swan Omicronometer of panic. Having spoken to these experts and seen the data that keeps trickling through, are you putting yourself at around a five as well? I've taken off the mauve trousers, put back my shorts, and I'm still walking <laughs> around the pool rather anxiously, but I'll put myself back down to a five. Who am I to disagree with people who are at the front line? Fair enough. So that's potentially a window into what's coming next for coronavirus. And Norman, it's probably time to talk about what's coming next for Coronacast because we did ask our listeners a couple of weeks ago to tell us what they thought we should do in 2022 and then Omicron popped up and we didn't really talk about it again. No, no, we didn't. And so we're delighted to say that almost universally Coronacast listeners agreed with question 10 in the survey, which is that um, all three of us should get unsustainable pay rises. So we put that to the ABC and I'm afraid all we got was laughter. They thought we were joking. I'm offended on behalf of all of our audience who've made their um, position very clear on this. Anyway, we will be back next year. We're not, don't turn off tomorrow. We will be back tomorrow and we'll be back on Friday. We'll be back next year. We're going to take a decent break and we'll tell you a bit more about that uh, before we sign off on Friday of this week. But keep your questions coming through in the meantime, abc.net.au slash coronacast. And yes, we will be back in your feed tomorrow, hopefully with a very special guest. But you've got to tune in to find out who that is. See you then. See you tomorrow. <laughs>